When we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. Maya Angelou. Bending Not Breaking, Season 2, Episode 15, Tales of Ba Sing Se. And we're back for another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I am Sunshine Mayfield. This is Ben Pruitt. And we are here in North Carolina, staying indoors, staying home. And recording another episode of Bending Not Breaking with our one and only fabulous producer, the Max Gongware. Hello, Max. Hello. Welcome back. How are you doing this week? My hands are clean, as is my state of mind. Ah, a lot of hand washing, a lot of hand sanitizing, and a lot of staying home. Mm. Social distancing, y'all. It's important. We're kind of doing it right now. There's three of us, and we're, you know close to six feet apart from each other Mm -hmm. and you know we're doing what we can and ben and i live together so you're you know really i'm the only one breaking the law breaking norms not breaking the law i feel bad about it but i mean somebody's got to produce this podcast and we're we're not going out in public it's not like we're doing this in a crowd of 10 people it's just there's no audience here it's just us someday we'll be doing live recordings Ooh, that would be fun i'm down i'm so down let's talk we uh this is going to be a, a fun little episode. Uh, will it? No, it is one that is known to make the people cry. Um, when we hear, we hear Iroh sing... Dear Zachary. It makes you laugh, makes you cry. That's right. You feel all the things. Dear Zachary, wonderful documentary. Terrible from movie. The two, uh, it's not, all right, first of all, it's not a terrible movie. It's, it's one of those movies that really l- it's lets a, you it's, appreciate it's your cousins. It's a phenomenal documentary, but it makes you angry. It makes you sad. There's moments where you laugh. There's no. moments where you're joyful. I don't think I laughed once. But it's a lot of lot of sadness in that documentary. Yeah. Dear Zachary. Don't no, watch it. No, watch it. You're like a cousin be, to me. Be prepared to cry. <laughs> um, so we have the Tales of Bossing Say episode. And Ben, we're looking through that through an interesting lens because not only is it uh, just one lens, but we've got like six different parts to kind of look at this episode through. Yeah. And typically, we have like an episode that's easy to kind of choose a theme through. Um, this one, it was we just kind of had to pick a lens like and see, six see how it works. Um, so we are going with the lens of service. Service. And Ben, what is service? That's a great question. Sometimes I think... You asked me that, so you don't have to answer the question first. So I'm turning it on its head. Hey, Sunshine, what is service? I would love to get to that, but first we have to do Max's uninformed (laughs) recap. (laughs) Max, are you ready for your clues for your uninformed recap? Ben, are you getting the clock ready? I wasn't, but I can. Let's, Let's do that. One minute on the clock after, and I'll tell you when. Max... The yes. gang is waking up and grooming themselves, with the exception of Toph. The last scene is Panthers lead Muckmuck to giant footprint Momo. after getting the scent from some of Appa's hair. Can you say that again? Yes. 
Panthers lead Muck Muck to a giant oh, no. footprint after getting the scent from some of Appa's hair. Your key words are anthology, spa, zoo, date night, and memorial service. Great. Are you ready? Yes. One minute on the clock. Starting three, two, one, go. All right. Well, this episode begins when the gang is waking up and grooming themselves with the exception of Toth. And the reason that Toph isn't there is because he is listening to the anthology of a tribe called Quest, which is a great hip-hop band that has released an anthology, I'm pretty sure. And where is he listening to that anthology? In the spa. And as soon as the last drummer kicks, can I kick it? He's like, you know what I really want to do right now? Go to the zoo! And then he finds... Uh, um, a person there he's not practicing social distancing and while he's at the zoo he meets up with a nice um person with whom he is romantically interested and they go on a date night and uh unfortunately that date night quickly turns into a memorial service one of them (laughs) gets murdered five seconds and then the panthers lead muck muck to a giant footprint after getting the scent time from some of appa's hair and that date night quickly turns into a memorial service. Which is wow. typical. That, that's is pretty that typical ever... for my date nights, honestly. Yeah, is that what happens? Yeah. Very sad and somber I, events I do at a, the I, end of them. I do a eulogy after every date I go on. Not because anybody died. It's more of a self-eulogy. It's like a, the, the, the relationship is dead after yes. the first date. Do you have an exi- can, you do a, can you do a eulogy that you've written? Um, just yeah. off the top of your head, please. Here lies... The relationship of Max and... <laughs> I was really hoping for a real name. Yeah, me too. It lasted one date. Over the course of four hours, they each enjoyed... Four-hour first date? They I enjoyed say... one beer each. <laughs> and the conversation really sputtered from there. You but know... they... But they said their friendly goodbyes, knowing that they would never speak again. You nursed one beer for four Look, hours? Man, I'm not good at this. At dating or talk or eulogies or... Oh, I think I'd be a phenomenal eulogy writer. Oh. A, a eulog- I actually think a, you'd be really good at that, too. A eulogizer? Yeah. I could do that, but the dating is the hard part for me. I can write the heck out of a eulogy. Hopefully I won't have to anytime soon. I was about to say, is that something you aspire to do? <laughs> yeah, I would say, don't. let's not write so many eulogies, hopefully. You know, well, you've seen that movie, uh, 27 Dresses. Have you seen 27 Eulogies? <laughs> I, is that, I, Starring Catherine Heigl. Sunshine, what does service mean to you? Well, we, I, we, I've got to do the recap real fast. No, oh. it's, it's my turn for the recap. Oh, okay. Are you ready? You, you give me 30 seconds. Um, okay, on your mark, get set, 
God. The gang is waking up and uh, grooming themselves with the exception of Toph, and then Katara and Toph do a little spa day, and then someone calls Toph ugly, and then we all realize that she's incredibly beautiful inside and out. Then we get the tale of Iroh, where he gets to go and help out a bunch of different people, but then has a very sad memorial service for his son at the end of it. Then we get the tale of Aang, and he buys a zoo. Then the tale of Sokka, where he does some haikus, and then gets kicked out of a poetry class. And then the tale of Zuko, where he goes on a date night and uses firebending. Uh-oh! And then Momo is searching for Appa, and... Did they turn this episode into a Matt Damon Scarlett Johansson vehicle? Um, I think this uh, this inspired the Matt Damon Scarlett Johansson vehicle. Yeah, neato. Yeah, I can kind of say I've seen an episode of this. <laughs> yeah, you were the one person who saw We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> yeah, I've seen at least bits and pieces of it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've known anyone who's watched the entirety of that movie. Um, maybe we'll do that as a little bonus episode, and Max can we can do a look at I, we I bought am, a zoo through a lens. I am in. <laughs> we are about to be sitting in our bottoms for a long time, watching movies that nobody or else saw. You could watch. You could watch Avatar, Avatar: The Last, the last Airbender. Airbender. I'm really busy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think I did all right. There's a lot of stories to get through there. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Okay, Ben, what is service? No, no. I think you misunderstood. I've really been holding earlier. down this episode. I think it's your time to talk. What is uh, service? You know, I'm going to serve our listeners by giving them a chance to hear you first. All right. Well, so service is an interesting thing. When I was thinking of it... <laughs> you're, you're vamping. I would never. <laughs> really, it's the action of helping or doing, <laughs> doing work for someone. Um, this is why I did this. <laughs> it's also a love language. Acts of service is a love oh, language. Oh, that's a great thing to pull yeah, from. It's one of the five. And that's really what I was looking at. Where were these acts of love coming from? These acts of service. And how do we see that through each of these episodes? Um, and so I'm, I was excited to kind of see each story and see where were these moments where, where service was really a, a tool in um, showing love to someone else. And that's really the way I took this lens. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I really couldn't have put it better myself. Oh, you're probably right. Anyways, so <laughs> if we go to... <laughs> I think uh, there's one of the things that I, I'm, I'm really enjoying doing for each of the lenses, and it's really kind of trying to find outside artwork or uh, articles and things about each of the lenses we look through, because we've said it before, we're not experts. We have people who've had experience Super in Super not with, an expert. We've worked with people for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. we're not experts on these things, and so honestly, I just try to, to continue learning... And an article that I came across um, from Christopher Berglund on Psychology Today, which I'm really enjoying, is the neuro, uh, neurobiology of giving versus receiving support. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. long and short of it is the study out of Pittsburgh University, go Pirates, um, shows that the brain really benefits from giving uh, I believe it's the support. University of Pittsburgh. You, you might be right on Pittsburgh University, but it's definitely the Panthers. It's the University of Pittsburgh, but I was shouting out the Pirates of Pittsburgh. The be- baseball team? Yeah. Why? You love them. That was a little I thought they were from Latrobe. No, that's just where the Steelers have their training camp. Arnold Palmer's from Latrobe. Why are we having this conversation? Because of Pittsburgh. Steel Town! Um, anyway, so... Black and yellow, black and yellow. yellow. (laughs) Um, What it really gets down to is that by giving social support, you reduce stress-related activity in your brain. Um, You increase your reward-related activity in the left and right ventral uh, striatum. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm. know what that is. I'm not, but and then um, 
you have a greater caregiving related activity in your septal area mm, mm-hmm, um, but ultimately mm. what it shows is you create a spiral of positivity in you and the person that you are serving um, that actually helps your brain get stronger and helps your brain heal itself faster Ooh. and how cool is that just by showing acts of service to another person yeah. i thought that that was really really nice there's a lot of data around how giving and serving and uh, putting others before ourselves is beneficial for our minds and for our bodies, literally. And so I think that you can find a lot of articles probably also from sources other than psychology today. Yeah, so definitely. I highly recommend looking those up and checking it out and thinking about who you can serve for sure. And we'll do that all episode, but let's start with the very first tale, shall we? Or, or we could start before the first tale. Did you watch the intro through this Every lens? time. Tell me about it, Ben. So the Avatar That was a very Grease role. moment. Where I felt like uh, Olivia Newton-John where she's like, tell me about it, stud. So the Avatar role is one of service, right? So I- I'm, I'm curious to dive into this concept of um, forced service as well as voluntary service. And uh, what the difference are is between the two, and how differently they affect our bodies in a way, right? So, because the avatar cycle is very interesting, because there is guaranteed to be someone, unless the avatar dies while in avatar state, that reincarnates into being the next avatar, and that person has the burden of serving the world by maintaining balance. And so does that forced servitude, um, does that matter? The fact that, does that um, affect anything? And I'm just curious. It's something I thought about. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I think it's interesting because the difference between someone tells me I need to do something versus I choose to do something, I think typically my response is going to be different in those moments. I agree. Um even if I know both are having a good cause, one's a, one still feels like it's not my choice, and thus yep. I'm less likely to be inclined to do that. Not to mention the barrier of if it was someone that says, hey, I need you to save the world. Yeah, and, and to a 12-year-old. To a, to a 12-year-old. And we'll, we'll, we see what happens in that moment, right? Like, he runs. It's pretty... Traumatic. It's, it's, it's very daunting. He runs and hides, and we have a hundred years without the Avatar because of that. And a mass genocide. And a mass genocide. And so, um, it's an interesting concept to think about too. If if there are avatars in canon that maybe didn't want to do the role. Yeah, I'd be really interested in learning about that. Like, if you are, have read the comics and you know of lore around some of the past avatars that maybe weren't interested in that kind of service or didn't uh, live up to the burden that was put on their shoulders. I'd be really curious to hear about it. Yeah. Cause it would be interesting how, how you navigate that either not acting and is there just gaps in time where the avatar should have been there or, you know, does it go a little bit darker than that? Well, it's just interesting because it, it goes back to the concept of, uh, to me, fate in a way like it, Yes, you are the avatar. You are the one who has been gifted with these skills. And that does not mean that you have to act on it. You have you still have the power 
It's just the burden of having to make the choice. Well, if you've gone and trained, because, I mean, it seems like most avatars still need to do the training to obtain all of this yeah, power. exactly. Um, but also, as, as we've seen, the avatar state kind of kick in um, as a self, as a protection mechanism, that even if someone did try to harm themselves, would the avatar state, like, keep them from doing that? And so, really, you're just in the cycle of, like, I have to do this well it's with great power comes great responsibility right right? so to me great power in this situation means this great opportunity to serve and with that opportunity to serve you have a responsibility to live into your potential to do that and so in in what way and how is that different from you and i having the gifts that we are born with and that we have nurtured and cultivated throughout our lives, whether we were born with them or not, what responsibility do we have to utilize those innate things and those things that we have cultivated, nurtured, and grown to serve? For me, I think a huge responsibility to do that. That, I I think um, uh, there's a conversation I typically have with kids when we're we're talking about behaviors, and a lot of it, uh, especially with some of the older kids I work with, is... Whether you like it or not, you're being looked up to by the younger kids in a, in a camp program or in an after-school program, and your behavior needs to be in responsibility of being a role model for those students, which is not something you asked for, and it's not necessarily fair that it was put on you, but you have a responsibility to show other people the right way to behave. Um and that's a conversation I have frequently. Um, and that's not something that anyone chose to do. It's just kind of by existing, you have a responsibility to take care of the people around you. Um, which is, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. but I think to me that's a little different. And the reason is, like, they're, they're, they signed up for a job. And that job, to me, that's the job description, is living yeah. into being a better human being in front of those kids and being that role model. I'm talking about other kids in the program. Oh, okay. Like I'm talking about like my fourth and fifth graders when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm, I see. Um, and so that's where that conversation comes into play is we're, we are inextricably connected. We have a duty to serve each other. We have a duty to, to be there for one another and your talents are there to help be in support of that and to be in service of that. If you have a really great way to teach that lesson i want to hear it (laughs) i like i'm i've tried telling fourth fifth graders third graders high schoolers about this and leaning on them for sometimes it works and And sometimes sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't Right. right and so if you have a great way of instilling that tell us about it send us a voicemail by the way yeah Send us more voicemails. At thearchivy at gmail.com. We love hearing your voicemails. Send them our way. Please. Thearchivy at gmail.com. All right, let's talk. Let's get into the episode. Great. Um, the tale of Toph and Katara. Moment of service in there for you? You know, I feel conflicted. So. Well, tell me about it. I think it's interesting. And I think it's interesting that Toph being blind is the one who does who cares least about her appearance. Um, I think that's a natural state. If I were blind, I would care a lot less about appearance as well, I think. I'm not blind, so I can't know that. But my assumption <laughs> is that if I were, I would probably care less about appearance. 
And the fact that I, I think Katara sees it as a service to Toph that she is investing in Toph's outward appearance. And I think what makes it service rather than like, oh, bless your heart, let me help you. Uh, that that intentional like, hey, let me help. I think this is something that we could both use. Not looking down on her saying, hey, you need this. Right. And I think what really sealed the deal for me was near the end of this uh, little mini scene or whatever you want to call it, um, where Katara and Toph have this moment of it's not the outside that matters. It's what's on the inside. And that's not verbatim, but that's what came out and what came through for me. And so that was that to me, whole scene was really cool. Yeah. I see it as service to sit there and say, Hey, I, I see someone maybe struggling. Um, I see someone who maybe needs uh, a vacation or, um, and I'll, Toph might not have been doing that, but it was an interesting moment for her, for Katara to just kind of be like, Hey, I would love to do this with you. Um, can we go? And maybe did Toph see it as a service to join her? Maybe Katara wanted to go. That's a good point. Um, maybe. And maybe Toph was like, I don't really care, but like Katara is interested in spending Katara time with me and, yeah. and I'm happy to go with her. Um, I like that. I like that idea. And maybe that that's, that's a moment of service in there from Toph. And, um, but reality is I think they both need each other and you kind of get that in that moment of camaraderie, especially when they're being picked on by the other uh the other girls in the town as they walk by yeah. uh and the way that they are just kind of there for each other I and mean, i think what i really like about this moment um are the words of affirmation that they use for yeah. each other and it's very specific on why they like each other it's not this oh you're just you're beautiful it's very uh it's a moment where they're really precise in the words that they use to yeah. describe what they like about each other and i like that moment i think what came up for me while you were talking was this idea where I lost it. I lost it. No, bring it back. I forgot. That's okay. We all forget sometimes. If it comes back to you, you can bring it up. But let's jump uh, a story and let's just go to the tale of Ang. Let's jump to the tale oh, of Ang. I oh, remember. You got it. It's when. When people offer you things and try to serve in a way that you do not want them to, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so I have you... I've felt that many times from many people, but people will try like try to offer a service, and I am actively not interested in this type of service that they are offering. And I there there's different cultures around the world where, um, for instance, if you walk into a home of someone else and they offer you something to drink or eat. It's impolite to say no. And then there are some cultures where you're supposed to say no a few, no, 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 I don't know, thank you, no, thank you. And then you're supposed to accept. And then there are cultures where, like, there's everybody say what you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And so I think it's interesting because in this moment, like, if I put myself in, I imagine myself into Toph, I'd be like, I don't want to go to the spa. This, this, I have zero interest in that. Right. Why Why would you invite? Like, clearly I don't care Who's about Who's paying? That. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, exactly, yeah. And I just, I really, that's, that's why I really liked your um, suggestion there that maybe Toph was doing a service to Katara in that moment where they both mutually benefited from serving each other. Yeah. Okay, Aang's episode. Let's talk about Aang. So Aang... Aang buys a zoo. Is you, 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 I see what you did. Yeah, we're 
<laughs> we'll save that tale for the very end. The tale of Aang. Um, the moment of service in this for me is uh, is exactly what it is. It's the willingness to say, hey, I've got a skill set I can use. Um, I think that I can help corral these animals and build them a zoo out of this fence. Um, and sometimes we get in over our heads when that happens. Um, but it all works <laughs> out in the end. There's a uh, elements profile by a girl named laurie beth jones it's you have to pay for it it's a personality profile i think we've probably talked about it yeah um fire earth this tale is like water wind spot on wind yeah this well, is which a, makes sense this is and he's an airbender right yeah, and right. so like this is spot on oh i have an idea let's do it and then zero thinking about like zero how planning there just was zero ruckus. planning involved it was just like we're gonna do it and all of a sudden this just mass chaos a little tornado if you will throughout the town and i just that that's what really came up for me during this was like we all have our ways that we can serve but if Toph had been there or qatar had been there would it was they probably would have thought about it in a different way right um can we do one animal at a time yeah let's (laughs) potentially one species at a time or like let's just like yeah it was very interesting i i think in what like yes there are there are times when i've like said okay yeah i'd love help and then all of a sudden, people start helping. I'm like, no, 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 not no, that way. I appreciate it. Oh God. Uh. <laughs> it, it, it. No, what I really wanted to do is to do this exactly the way I would have done it. Exactly. <laughs> um. And there's a really cool guy. His name's John Maxwell. Uh, he has a principle where if someone can do something 80% as well as you can, you should delegate. And oftentimes, when you delegate, that if you mm-hmm. perceive that in a way that they they are serving you and allowing you to do other more things, and yeah. allowing you, they're giving you the space and capacity to do other things that are important. And Aang's active service here may not be at the level at which other people could have done it, but it was his idea. It was his um, thought. It was his compassion that made that happen. And I think that's what's really at the heart of it, right? Is, is the intention behind it. And yes, we all screw up. Are we, are we say, Hey, I would love to help. And we end up not helping as much as we should because we said we would do something, but it was over our head and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the heart was there from the very beginning yeah, for him. It was. And he does a pretty good job of using his skill set to create a, um, a better zoo than what they were in. Oh, like uh, more like a hub, the end habitual, result like, rescue. It was more like a, a rescue sanctuary than it was like your quote unquote zoo. I mean, the end result was significantly better than where they were. And even the zookeeper at the end of this tale was like, maybe you should stick to saving people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause it wasn't worth the hassle that it took to get all that. I, no. just, I just thought that was interesting. There's also sometimes you just got to do something when you're serving others, I think. Yeah. Um, how many times do we get stuck in the, well, this isn't going to be feasible, or this isn't possible, or this, we, you know, we can't do this, or, and then no one gets served, as opposed to serving people at 50%, which is better than 0%, and then working to serve yeah. better than that. Um, because if, we, if we're looking at the animals and that, like, their, their living situations, their happiness are exponentially better than what they were even though the process was messy yep and i think that might be something important to highlight when we're talking about serving others yeah is it serving others and sometimes it being messy is better than not serving them at all yep the tale of Sokka. short sweet 
some haikus. I wasn't counting. I wasn't counting syllables. You're thinking about how you're going to respond. Talk to me about service with Sokka in a in a haiku. And go. I would like to speak in haikus because they're cool. Haikus, really neat. Yeah, that technically was five seven five. Um, I know, but I'm awesome. Where do we see service in this moment? Service is something we need. I hate this already, Stella. I don't see service. Haiku's really cool. <laughs> Refrigerator. Okay, I'm done with this. He just got thrown out of the bar. Yeah. Um. Good. I'm not supposed to be at a the, bar. Where's the moment of service in this? Where's the? Where do you see service? I struggled with that in this one actually. Yeah. Um, and, and I did have a question. Um, the what seems to be poetry teacher. Yeah. Is having a poetry slam battle with Sokka, and then walks away. Like. Sokka has continued to be able to speak in haikus. It seems as though he's not getting stumped, and so she just walks away. Tell me about that. Yeah, if her purpose is teaching, which I don't think we know what it is, but that seems like that's what it is, is her purpose that's the is, assumption. is, is yeah. teaching. Um, one, he comes in there, and he is disrupting the class, but by accident. Like, he didn't... He got kicked through a window, but maybe she didn't see that. To call him an oaf from like the very beginning seems unkind um is dehumanizing language um and but she does that from jump street and then he responds also not super kind but not you know being incredibly disrespectful Uh uh and at some point i just wonder if she feels beaten and is just like this isn't worth it and so she walks away and lets him continue to do his thing but like, there could have been a better moment from that that I would I would want out of my teachers, uh, in the way yeah, that they teach. I think I am seeing a lack of potential service here more than I'm seeing an act of service. She could have used those moments as a way to improve his haikus. Sure, maybe he didn't yeah. pay for the class. I'm not aware. Yeah, and He's maybe cl- maybe she went to go get the the guard. You right. know, we didn't see him until this moment where, where he messes up. Maybe. I've never maybe been that paying was, attention. Maybe he's back in the back Maybe somewhere. she was serving the people, the girls. I think they were all female in the class. Um, at least it's... By like, having the guard come and... By having the guard come. Come and remove and him. escort him out. For for the girl's safety. Yeah. and or Or maybe it was an act of service to leave the conversation knowing that... She would have only been meaner. She Maybe. Yeah. yeah. If you realize you're out of your your value system, exactly, to just stop being there and, and to serve yourself and and say I don't need to be engaging in this. Yeah, I'm curious if any of our listeners have a different where, perspective. Yeah, on where service. do you see service in this tale? Because yeah. that would be interesting to hear. Please email us uh, the arc of e at gmail.com. Tweet at us. Instagram us. Then we get the tale of Zuko. Mm-hmm, Date mm-hmm. night for Zuko. And I like Jen. Yeah, I do too. Um, she seems nice. And my, my moment of service that popped out here was uh, when he lights the lanterns. Absolutely. As an act of service uh, because he understands the joy that that's going to bring her. 
even though, and I think we mentioned this earlier as we've talked about it, like he's gotten on to Iroh Absolutely. for doing this. And even at the beginning of this tale, he's super, she's on to us as we're firebenders. And then seems pretty willing to be a firebender uh, in a, as a way to impress her or to bring her joy. And, and the story you told at the beginning was that service begets service, right? Uh, in a way. Yeah. We are more inclined to serve others when we have been served, right? Yeah. Um, so I think what we need to realize is that Jen has been serving Zuko throughout this entire, this night. And what I mean by that is it is an act of service to continue to have a conversation with someone who is unwilling or unable to have that conversation with you. And clearly Zuko was, uh, well-intentioned not no i i think clearly zuko was unsure how he felt about this entire experience throughout the experience yes like he's conflicted he wants to be there but he doesn't want to be there he wants to enjoy himself but he doesn't want to like give in to being like oh i don't want to make a life here and there's this just internal conflict that he's battling through and she is giving him the grace of continuing to talk to him yeah and I think that's beautiful. Yeah. He's got these moments of we accept the love we think we deserve. Right? Like he's... Perks being Wallflower. Yeah. Steven Jabosky. So he, he, we get those moments with, especially when she kisses him. And he kisses her back, but then very quickly... Nope, 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 I, nope. I, No. And he slams the door when he gets home to Iroh. My guess is out of somewhat anger of being frustrated with Iroh for kind of forcing him into that situation. Um, and... But he just... That moment where he's like, it was a really nice night. How was your night, Zuko? Slam. Slam. It, was, it was nice. It was nice. <laughs> um, well, because he hasn't had those moments. He's had a couple moments similar, but few and far between. Um, and moments of joy and happiness, um, ex- especially when you feel like you haven't felt that or that you don't deserve that or um, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's so hard because so, we want, I want Zuko more than anything to feel happy, right? Like that, I just want him, I just want him to get over this and be himself and love himself and care for himself. And yet he's still not letting himself do it. And I think she, Jen is making a real effort to, and I think she would have continued to make that effort, uh, if she had been given the chance. Yeah. Well, you said it, it takes time and it takes, it's an act of service to continue pressing or to continue being there for someone knowing that they might need it, but in the time might not want it. Um, and then where's the line on that? That feels like a very well, and, fine line. And everybody's line is different. Like it is not Jen's responsibility to continue to do this with Zuko. Well, and it could be boundary crossing at a certain point. Exactly. And so that's, this is a real picture into why we need therapy, right? Zuko, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I think would benefit a great deal from a therapy session or a year's worth of therapy sessions. Wouldn't we all? But yes, yeah. but in, like <laughs> but but in this, this is, moment, but in this moment, this is like Zuko needs this space in order to confront himself and his feelings and the things that he's going through in a safe space to have these conversations. And he doesn't have that. He's unable to do it because he can't have it with Jen, right? And nor is it her responsibility. So it's one of those things where a lot of times people like, oh, I'm going to fix them. And, or, uh, I can, and that's just one of those things where you can do your best, but 
at some point you're going to resent having to do it rather than be all in all the time. So I just cautionary putting that out there. Think about it. There's, there's a lot to unpack in this three-minute three short story. You want to jump to the tale of Momo? Momo. Um, Notice how he said it right. Well, it's written out on that one. Oh, so you can read. I see. Yeah. Um, two moments popped up for me on this. One. Momoments? <laughs> one. We get a little bit of that <laughs> that force service. Max, are you laughing at a joke? I made Max laugh. The world has gone mad. What can I do? <laughs> um, one is we get into kind of that forced ser- servitude um, that you were talking about, where Momo gets grabbed and forced to dance with in the monkeys. Yes, I took note like, of that. That was yes. one thing I noticed. And then the other thing, and, wa- and it was immediate. Oh, terrifying! Like right? How- that was yes, and like how quickly he lost all of. Assume I don't. Assuming we. Well, and no would he have been forced? He lost his ability to kind of take, like, have his own course of action. Like, well, and he was forced into it by putting, like, he was scared, and his fear drove him to the situation. And then he felt like, I'm assuming, like, he couldn't leave immediately because he's still trying to figure out where the other, his chasers are. Yeah. And being forced into that kind of a situation is by multiple the, rough the panthers the it's cats kind of whatever a, they were and it's then almost akin to next episode actually yeah we'll talk a little bit more about that and then the other one was uh, goes back to your service beget service which is uh muck muck lets the momo um panthers cats out of their cage panther kitties and then Meow. they immediately help him find trace the scent back to appa's footprint um i just think it's a really that that is a beautiful picture and then they're service all sitting, yeah. service. Because mm-hmm. they're all sitting there on top of the ceiling together, um, or uh, on the roof. One gets a whiff of Appa's hair, and then is immediately like, "Let's! I know where this is. I know the scent." Well, it just reminds me a little bit about just bullies, right? And bullies bully people. Because it helps them feel powerful. It is an act of power. Creating a power imbalance. And what most of us fail to realize is that is indicative of something that is going on that is wrong in their lives. And I'm not saying and defending and saying we should, you know, defend our abusers or work with our abusers. But I am saying that service begets service. And how can we serve the people who need it to prevent that bullying in the first place? Yeah. And that, I mean, with all that, it goes back to, you can empathize and you still need to hold accountable for, for actions. Yes. Um, but when you feel safe to do so, how do you bring people in, which is a perfect segue. Take a deep breath, everyone. The tale. Wait, it's the end of the episode. We don't have to do this. Of Iroh. No, 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 no. We we already passed it. We can't do it. Leaves from the vine. Well, that's why. Why would you say that? You don't even need to say that. So, uh, the moments of service here are plentiful, but one that I think segues well is Iroh's ability to help the mugger. That's my favorite. And how he brings him in and has a conversation with him, and then you get this moment where. 
no one's ever believed in me before. Well, I mean, that's... I- that's a position. First, I think we need to. Yes, that Ira's is a, in a position of privilege. It is a position he of privilege. He feels safe enough to do this with. He is able to defend himself in that moment. Yeah, and right, and feels safe enough to have this conversation and bring him into that. Which, again, with that power, comes the responsibility to help, and he does, mm-hmm. and that's massively impactful throughout this little tale. It's incredible. Like, it's watching him from everything from this flower in the very first thing to this crying child to these ragtag group of kids playing baseball to, or whatever game they're playing. It's like earthbending soccer. Earthbending soccer. It's like foosball. Foos soccer ball. Earth. Yeah. You know, and to... Helping a mugger. Helping a thief. Yeah. A mugger, who, or a would-be mugger, right? Um, By seeing the best in him and also, like, being specific and calling that out and saying, like... You can be bad. Like, you're not a bad person, but this is a bad choice, and I, it doesn't seem like this is the person you are. And how helpful that was for that person to hear. Yeah, it's one of the most beautiful moments in the show, much less the episode. And then I wish I could have helped you the way that I helped them. <laughs> <laughs> like, started tearing up. It's. <laughs> So good. It's it's tragic. Max doesn't get it. As the producer, he's he's looking at two people teary eyed. Uh, um, and how beautiful that moment is. And for me, the one thing that always gets me is how joyful he is when he sings the song at first to calm the crying baby in the streets or the toddler. Yeah. And that moment of joy that the toddler pulls on his beard and like they have that genuine moment of happiness. And you know it reminds him of his son. Um, and the second time he sings the song which is sadness oh it's just grief it's such grief and it only makes you resonate with iroh more i i think what i notice most about that is it's his tears Right, he's able to sing. The being able listen, like I, I was a vocal performance major in college. Being able to sing, and cry and emote at the same time is a struggle. Yeah, it is hard. (laughs) And oh my gosh, what a moment! Uh, Honestly, one of the most iconic moments in the entire Avatar universe. It's certainly the Um, most memed. Um, people, that is a that is a moment that hits heart. Hits the heart every yep. time. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to ju- jump into one of our practices, and we're also going to talk about this lens through the element air. Um, so we'll be right back in just a second. Now we're back and we're gonna do a little practice called what Ben Florilegia. Florilegia. Perfect. Yeah, I love right. how you said that. That's I nailed it. All right. Do you want me to try? Nope. No. Okay. I Max, are you good at pronouncing words? Duh. <laughs> I don't. All right. Anyways, that uh, was Russian for yes. Ben. Da. Remind us of the practice and then let us move forward, shall we? Yeah, so essentially what we're doing is we're going to we we have both theoretically found two little 
uh, sparklets, things that sh- shined out to us Shine bright, like a while we were watching the episode, things that stuck out, and we're going to see how they interact with each other, and we're going to read them individually, and then see how they help us see the, the show a little bit differently when we combine them. Let's do it. All right. Cool, 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 cool. My quote? Yep, I'm ready. This is great. No one has ever believed in me. Mm, remind me where that's what that part's from. This is the moment where Iroh... This is the moment. Point. Helps the mugger see the error of his ways and says, do you really think I could be a masseur? And Iroh's like, yes. And he's like, this is great. No one has ever believed in me. So why, why did you choose it? I just think there's... I love when moments of hope fill people. And I think that by Iroh's act of service and... In conversation with this man that he was filled with hope and I love that and so that's why it stuck out to me I think it's so interesting how often people experience not being believed in yeah and how great it feels when someone does when someone really does yeah you know I think one of the things that I, I love about Iroh and his series of acts of service is that his acts of service were all about being like helping people feel seen yeah and this is a moment where this guy feels truly seen and I think that's beautiful it really is it's just a beautiful moment yeah all right how about your quote so mine's from the tale of Zuko mm-hmm and it's, you have quite an appetite for a girl. Yeah. Why did that stick out to you? It didn't stick out to me because I thought it was beautiful. It stuck out to me because what, I... What a weird thing to say in that well, moment. It's, it's, well, and it's just, it is beautiful in Write a way. Write a eulogy for that date night. <laughs> it, it is beautiful in a way, honestly, as I think about it. It's beautiful because... Zuko's bumbling, and he has he has no idea what to say in this moment. He didn't and he swipe. He didn't. She didn't have to message him first on a dating app. He didn't have to swipe left or right. Zuko's trying really hard. Oh, and is he that what the app is, is means? Messing around and messing She's up. Supposed to try hards. Oh my god, y'all! <laughs> he's doing his best, okay, and he's oh. messing up thoroughly but it's beautiful because he's trying and he's like leaning in a little bit and he's tr- like he, you could tell he was trying to give her a compliment and she's just like uh, cool okay. <laughs> okay thanks and i genuinely don't advise using this as a compliment on your first date or any date but i i think that it's just regardless of your partner's gender that is not meant to be a gender comment but just in general i think this stuck out to me, and I wanted to lift it up. It's my sparklet. Oh, so now we gotta see how they interact with each other. That's right. Okay. So we're gonna hear yours first, and then we'll go straight into mine. This is great. No one has ever believed in me. You have quite an appetite for a girl. Interesting. That feels very deflating. Like I, I like in the context of someone being like, "Ugh." I'm do I'm really worth something. Someone just said something to me that was very kind, and then someone else comes by and says like a comment that's like, "Oh, you have a really big appetite for a girl," and you're like, "What?" Oh, I don't feel as good as I did 
seconds ago. Tell me more about that. Like, why? I just imagine someone, like, feeling very accomplished in something, and then someone coming and, like, saying a little slight at them to, like, knock them down a notch. Well, yeah, I, I think my question, I, I want to validate that that's what you're experiencing, but my question is, like, why is that a slight? You have quite an appetite for a girl. I just hear that as a slight. I think probably because the way that I've seen society play with weight or having an appetite or what people should be eating or not eating. And so I think I hear that as like a mean girl slight, like a, well, you have a really big appetite is kind of how I hear that quote. Yeah. How do you hear it? I don't, I, I, I need to hear it again. Start to read it. Read yours. This is great. No one has ever believed in me. You have quite an appetite for a girl. Ponder. Think. Yeah. I think it changes if it's all coming from one person, right? Wow. This is great. No one's ever believed in me. You have quite an appetite for a girl. Like it's almost like an afterthought. It's like, wow, me, 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 me. I'm finally noticing you and then being like, oh, you. And then seeing you have, oh, and that's what, that's the first thing that I noticed because I was so caught up in my thoughts mm. and me, right? So almost in a way, it's like I'm going from self and when I go from self to out. And I, I that's interesting in a way because that kind of makes me think about Zuko because he's very much in his mind. And he probably and now like, he's starting and to then he's like, her. and all of a sudden he sees her. Well, and yeah. the first thing he says is, well, right? that's interesting. Cause I think that might be his first like question or attempt to like engage yeah, in the conversation. It in is. That moment. Yeah, I think, I think it is. Um, correct us if we're wrong, but I just, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's flip, let's flip it. Yeah. You have quite an appetite for a girl. This is great. No one has ever believed in me. Well, that's pretty clear. Yeah, that feels like a, <laughs> that feels like a, someone's like in a in a food challenge, like a hot dog eating contest, or like uh, eat this like thirty six inch pizza and win a hundred dollars and get your picture on the wall. And so for someone to be like, you've got quite an appetite, and be like, oh, this person believes in me. Or, or <laughs> it could be a very sarcastic statement. Oh, this is great. No one's ever believed in me before. Yeah. Right. And so like being called out for liking food yeah and then all of a sudden being like cool cool i'm gonna respond with some sarcasm i've been thinking about like like, if that's like a facebook thread or comment thread or something (laughs) like that like our youtube comment thread where like someone's like a cook and someone makes like some little offhanded comment like that at the bottom yeah uh that's not what i was thinking but i i don't observe lint but i've been thinking that if i did i would want to give up sarcasm and that would be really difficult for me. <laughs> that would be really hard. Um, side note, just food for thought. You? <laughs> kidding. It would be really hard. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So that's the practice of florilegia. Yeah. We tried it. Yeah. So we tried it. It's Latin for words. If you like this practice, let us know. Uh, we'll probably be switching it up pretty soon. Let's Maybe one more episode of this. And then we'll switch it up. And then we'll probably switch it up and try something we new. We only have five more episodes after this episode. Oh, wow. For season two. Yikes. Wow. Wow. And then we start see, we'll start start recording season three 
And we've got some tricks up our sleeves. Tricks? I don't know about tricks. We've got some fun things happening. We do have very three. fun things but happening. We're going to keep that in the bag right now, but just a little let you know. All right, um, let's jump to our devotion through air. Ben, what are you going to do this week uh, when you're thinking about service through the element of air? So I think my dominant element is earth when we go back to that elements profile. Mm-hmm. And very grounded, very I, sturdy. I have, I, I'm a pretty balanced in all of them <laughs> per the profile test. But oh, you're like the avatar. I would say that my natural inclination is earth, which is uh, let's plan this out. Let's have all the structure in place. Let's know exactly what's going to happen when so that we can make sure there are no errors. And I really want to channel Aang because that was while it was not as um, seamless as it could have been, I really loved the windiness of him being able to say, hey, I want to do this. Let's do it. And in this in this time of the COVID-19, the coronavirus, I am I'm thinking about what is the type of service that I can provide from my home? What is the type of service that I can give from this place that I am in right now? And I want to act on that, and I want to take um, take that into heart as I move forward and figure out how to handle it. And so I've just been thinking about it, and I want to not be held back by don't don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah, and I think that it really does just go back. Is sometimes you have to be messy, right? Like sometimes it's better to be messy and 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 be fifty percent supportive or, or helping someone than not at all. Um, and I think for me, that's such a beautiful moment in a way that I, I was honestly going to say something similar. Um, and what I'm trying to do is sometimes it's better to be a little bit messy and mess up a little bit, but still try to serve people to the best of your ability. Um, and it's not going to be perfect. And, and I think as we handle things like this, it's never going to be perfect, but we still are trying. And I think that's what's important. Um, for me, I just think of the the initial uplifting nature that air or wind can have, and the rejuvenating spirit it can have, and how it can lift things up. Yeah, just that that gentle breeze. And I just, it for me, that's just how it highlights with service. And the more that we can do for people, the more that we can lift people up in this in moments where hope seems sparse, sparse, sparse. That's sparse. There's the word. Um, in those moments when hope scarce? seems scarce and sparse. Um, I think that that's when sometimes our service is, is most needed. And so yeah. finding ways to do that from your home, finding ways to be supportive. Um, like one of the things we did is we took all our after school snacks and, and took it to a food pantry before we kind of closed up shop today. Um, Smart. And I think those types of things are just how do we, how do we help each other? Cause we are, inextricably connected and i think that's important here here max anything you want to add for this week's episode not at this time well it's always a pleasure next week we are going to be jumping into appa's lost days um, and we're going to be looking through that through the lens of trauma which there's a lot there to dissect and so ben and i are really excited to jump into that um so join us next week i'm sunshine mayfield this is ben Pruitt, and this has been bending not breaking thank you for listening 